0: It is Friday, and this is Ozarks at Large for January 7th, 2022. I'm Kyle Kellams. Ahead this afternoon, the experiences of being a frontline healthcare worker for the past 22 months. We were terrified,
1: and we would not have survived it if we didn't take care of each other.
0: Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Fullock. talks with Donna Foster of Eureka Springs, an emergency room travel nurse. And in about four minutes... Our weekly conversation with Michael Tilley from Talk Business and Politics. He'll join us from his Fort Smith office. Another record day of new COVID-19 cases in Arkansas. The Arkansas Department of Health reports nearly 7,800 diagnoses during the last 24 hours and another 22 deaths. Active cases took another big leap by just more than 6,000 to a total of more than 44,000. The Oklahoma State Department of Health reports nearly 6,300 new cases in Thursday's report there and 32 newly confirmed deaths from the disease. There are more than 1,100 new cases combined in Benton and Washington counties in yesterday's report from the ADH. Hospitals in the two counties now caring for 85 patients with COVID-19. That's an increase of nine patients over the last 24 hours. The highest virus patient total in the counties was 173. That was experienced last August. As COVID-19 cases continue to surge, pediatricians are urging schools and child care facilities to require masks. Members of the Arkansas chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics, or ARAAP, are also recommending all eligible staff and children receive COVID-19 vaccines to reduce infections, hospitalizations, and deaths from the virus. Currently, children five and older are eligible to be vaccinated. Dr. Susan Averett, president of the ARAAP, says masks are one of the safest ways to protect children.
2: We are in a stage where this virus is spreading rapidly, and uh, it is... It's spreading in, in our community, and when our children go back to school, they're going to be face-to-face with many more people, uh, and they're very very likely to be exposed to COVID-19. So one of the ways that they can be protected against it is to wear masks, and it is just right now the, the best way that we can um, offer that barrier to help protect ourselves.
0: While Dr. Averitt says she hasn't directly heard any backlash about the chapter statement, she knows some people don't agree with the recommendations.
2: I'm sure there are people out there that are, you know, against what we're saying. But right now, this is a health crisis and we're health professionals and we feel it's very critical to spread this message in order to help reduce spread of disease and help protect our community.
0: The group says data shows schools where students and staff wore masks had 20 percent fewer cases of COVID-19 than those without mask requirements. The future School of Fort Smith will enact a mask mandate. The school board voted for the mandate at a special meeting last night. There are nearly 1,000 active cases of COVID 19 in Sebastian County, according to the Arkansas Department of Health. Early voting is underway in the Republican primary to fill the State Senate District 7 seat. Colby Fulfer and Steve Unger advanced to the runoff from a four-person race last month. The winner on Tuesday will face Democrat Lisa Parks in the February 8th, general election. Through the first three days of early voting, 54 ballots have been cast in the GOP primary. Downtown Bentonville traffic will experience another detour beginning today. South Main Street is closed between southeast 8th to southeast 5th for construction between 7 and 5 each day. This will last through March 14th. This will remain open to local traffic only with a detour on Southeast A Street otherwise. The Walmart Amp is adding a high-profile country act to the 2022 season. This morning, the venue announced Miranda Lambert with Little Big Town will be in Rogers on Sunday, May 8th. Tickets will go on sale through Walton Arts Center outlets a week from today at 10 a.m. The Arkansas Razorback women's basketball team now 0 2 in SEC play after a 54 51 loss at Vanderbilt last night. Up next, a Sunday afternoon contest against Missouri in Bud Walton Arena. And afternoon temperatures will reach above freezing today, though it won't feel like it in northwest Arkansas. Highs today from the upper 30s in northwest Arkansas to the lower 40s in the Arkansas River Valley. Wind chills in northwest Arkansas this afternoon from 6 to 16 degrees. Cloudy tonight. Lows from the mid to upper 20s. National Weather Service offers a chance of rain tomorrow afternoon with Saturday afternoon highs from 51 to 54. This is Ozarks at Large. Thanks for being with us. With me on the phone is Michael Tilley with Talk Business and Politics. We're reaching him at his Fort Smith office. Happy New Year,
3: Michael. Happy New Year. It's good to be back. Good to have survived the break.
0: Yeah, good to have you back. And boy, um, I mean, a lot of our conversation on the show the past couple of days has been records that we wish we weren't setting with COVID. But let's talk about some <laughs> other other records that uh, have taken place in the Arkansas River Valley over the last 12 months or so. How about building permit
3: values? Yeah, building permit value, that's definitely, you know, we've been talking about this through the year, and it's not a surprise we ended with the record. Although, um, you know, it would have been reasonable to assume, you know, that $120-plus million Fort Smith school millage package that really wrapped up last year, Right. it would have been reasonable to assume that the permits could, you know, wouldn't keep up with that big one-time um, group of projects out of the mix. But not only did it keep up, it went above and beyond. Now, again, I do want to caveat that sometime part of the increase is going to be in terms of the permit values uh, is going to be because of the increase in, you know, construction costs, increase in lumber, the cost of lumber and other um, construction-related um, products but it does not account for all of it. So we look at Fort Smith, Van Buren, and Greenwood. Those three cities for all of 2021 uh, had 343.2, almost 343.3 million, really, in permit uh, values. That's a 29% increase over 2020. It's a 42% increase over 2019 and a 48% increase over 2018. And uh, it's the first time permit values of top 300 million. And um, so um, I had really anticipated that the November and December numbers would be down and kind of would moderate the overall, but that didn't happen. Uh, Construction through those two months continued to boom. Some big projects in there, of course, were the Mars Pet Care Expansion, Hytrol, you know, the Jonesboro company that moved uh, into part of the old Whirlpool building. Owens Corning's building a new plant. So there was was some big um, manufacturing-related news. Uh, And quickly, uh, Fort Smith permit values hit 294 million. They were up almost 26%. Van Buren hit uh, 38.5 million. They were up 77%. Uh, And Greenwood was up 10.5 million. Or they had 10.5 million in permit activity. That's up almost 4%. So all three cities, obviously Fort Smith's the bulk of it, but all three cities um, had had increased, had very respectable increases for the year.
0: I don't know how many houses were built in the first 11 months of 2021. I know. Thanks to talkbusiness.net, how many were sold? 4,028 homes through the end of November. Michael, that's 12 home sales a day.
3: Yeah, that's going to be another record Uh, again during a pandemic. And I thought last year's number was going to be pretty solid. I know I'm sounding like a broken record that, gosh, how do we keep breaking these records? But that's what happens. But yeah, 4,028 homes sold the value of 780 million. That's compared to 579 million. I'm really about 580 million for the same period, um, same 11 month period in 2020. Um, now, it's, but there's a good news and bad news. If you're a, if you're a seller, right. Uh, it's It's a good deal. If you're a buyer, Here's the number that's going to hit you. The average price of the home sold in that 11 month period in 2021 was 193 thousand, almost 194 thousand. In the same period in 2020, it was 161 thousand. Um, so you're looking at a 30 plus thousand dollar differential. I know that you can't just equate that forever home, but you're looking at a sizable equity gain in homes, which is going to if you're the again, if you're the buyer, you're gonna have to pony up another advantage for the sellers. the days on market in the region fell from 100 from the January November period in 2020 to 70 mm. uh 2021. So, much, much less um houses are turning quickly. I know of two folks that sold homes and they sold within three days of being on the market. So, if you have the right house, I'm being told by some of my realtor friends, if you have the right house, if it's pretty much move-in ready, and you put it on the market, you better be ready. You better be ready to sell it because it's going to sell.
0: In other words, you better be ready
3: to pack up. <laughs> yeah, you better have another place to go. <laughs>
0: right. Um, yeah. Well, the the permit values hit number three on the um, big stories for the region at talkbusiness.net the building permits was number three. We talked a lot about uh, the continued expansion of Arkansas colleges for health education, but that pilot training center was number one on your list.
3: Yeah, it's number, and I I can tell you, there was some debate about um, whether that was number one or the continued expansion of the Arkansas college of health education, which just continues to boom out there. But um, we went with the, Foreign military pilot training center at the Air Guard base in Fort Smith because just has national impact, has global impact. Really, if you think about it, So we're bringing in uh, F-16 and F-35 fighter plane units um, purchased by the Singapore, the government of Singapore, and their their pilots and their families will be um, in Fort Smith, and this the air base here will be a pilot training center. Uh, other countries could participate. Switzerland's been, been mentioned as a uh, country that could, with its pilots, that could participate. Um, but it's going to be next year, 2023, into 2024, before this is really stood up and um, fully functioning, we've been told. Uh, there's even been one estimate, could be early 2025. Um, but in some of the initial um, reporting on that, it could bring in. 345 U.S. military folks to man the base, around 300 uh, members of foreign military and their dependents. So it it will have a very significant impact on the Fort Smith economy. But, um, but then, as you noted, know, number two was the just the Arkansas Colleges of Health Education. Just you know, they they announced the 32.3 million dollar donation to expand their health and wellness center. Um, they opened their $16 million college of, uh, college of health sciences facility. Uh, they broke ground on 22.5 million in commercial, um, space at their village at the heritage. Um, it's a part of a planned commercial and residential expansion, uh, right across the street from the college. So that was, that's a tough one too. You could, anyone can make an argument that those could be reversed.
0: You know, you look at the top five. Uh, this year, and Michael, in the time that you and I have been talking, there have been years when the top five stories from the metro were not as positive toward the economy as this year.
3: Yeah, that that's a good takeaway, and I don't, I don't know. Maybe I had a with all the negative with COVID, maybe yeah. subconsciously had we had a, a, a positive bias that we wanted to built in, but uh, I don't think that's true. I mean, look, you had Mercy, Mercy was a strong number four with their $162 million announcement of their of their hospital in Fort Smith. And they also uh, opened their 50-bed rehab hospital in the year and um, uh, opened the uh, Ronald McDonald Charity House uh, this year. So Mercy had a lot of activity. Uh, and then, of course, number four, we mentioned, or the fifth ranking story, we mentioned all the manufacturing sector expansions and, and new jobs. Now, unfortunately, the expansions really didn't, pull in a lot of new jobs in the manufacturing sector. The sector, didn't see um, very significant growth. Maybe that'll catch up, but that was, if there's a disappointing part of the top five, that would be it.
0: Finally, uh, you and I haven't talked for, uh, we took three weeks off because of holidays and, and various schedule challenges, but there's one story we should probably mention that happened in that interim, and that involves the U.S. Marshals Museum.
3: Yeah, quickly, I don't want to pile on, but the uh, just as the Marshalls Museum seems to be getting near the finish line, which has been a long race, um, you know, this began in January 2007, but as they're getting to the finish line to f- completely finish the museum, their president and CEO, Patrick Weeks, had some kind of, I don't know, just whatever, but he ended up being charged with aggravated assault firearm um, and, um, uh, that is, <laughs> that's very unfortunate, um, unfortunate for the museum. Uh, I know we talked to uh, Doug Babb who's chair of the museum board. Uh, they're not going to comment until the investigation's complete. Um, it'll be, um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of future weeks, uh, has, um, at the museum, but like I said, it's unfortunate. They're right near the finish line. They're going to be opening up likely next year. Uh, getting the exhibit um, space finished out and open. And um, hopefully they can get this behind them and have a positive opening.
0: All right. Well, a good conversation to start off our 2022. Let's do it again next Friday. I look forward to it as always, sir. Michael Tilley is with Talk Business and Politics. You can read about this, see the list of the top stories of the year and more at talkbusiness.net.
4: Saturday, what we've learned about democracy in the year since the January 6th attempted insurrection. Also, HBO sharp satire of millennials, Search Party, begins its last season. It's definitely a wistful goodbye, for sure. I've learned the most I've ever learned on any job on this show. Shaw, Cat, and John Early on their
0: final scenes together. Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition tomorrow morning from 7 to 9 on KUAF 91.3. You can also listen from anywhere by asking your smart speaker to please play. KUAF. Then tomorrow night on KUAF, it's a live pick and post as Mike Shirky brings in some of the best pickers in our area. Mike will be in the Furman Garner Performance Studio at KUAF with Kelly and Donna Mulholland from Still in the Hill, Shannon Wurst and Ed Carr, Ed Nicholson, and others for a live pick and post. That's KUAF tomorrow night from 7 to 9. Now tomorrow afternoon, highs across our region should reach into the 50s, so conditions are pretty favorable for some outdoor activity. Lake Dardanelle State Park will have plenty happening on the second Saturday of 2022. One o'clock tomorrow afternoon, there will be a reading of Dr. Seuss's The Lorax. This will take place at the Grassy Center across from the Visitor Center. At 2 tomorrow, the stories of Lake Dardanelle* at the Park's Amphitheater stories of the past that created the culture of the Arkansas River Valley. And at 3 tomorrow, and this one's inside, an exploration into the world of the beavers that live on the Arkansas River. That's inside the Visitor Center. COVID-19 precautions are in effect for programs at Lake Dardanelle that are all free. You can call 967 to learn more. Then a week from tomorrow, January 15th, Hobbs State Park near Rogers will host the next Wonders of Wildlife event, Birds take main stage this time with an 11 o'clock program next Saturday featuring songbirds caught by ornithologists, then released at the end of the program. At 1230 on the 15th, a live birds of prey program featuring birds from Morningstar Wildlife Rehabilitation. Both events on January 15th at Hobbs State Park are free and outdoors, so dress appropriately. And Hobbs State Park, too, observing COVID-19 protocols, so space may be limited. If you want to learn more, you can call Hobbs State Park at 789 789- 5,000. And this week, the Arkansas State Parks are under new direction. Shay Lewis started his tenure as director of state parks on Monday, succeeding the retiring Grady Spann. Lewis brings 24 years of experience with Arkansas State Parks, both in day-to-day operations and in executive leadership roles. He previously served as deputy director, a position he had held since 2017. He started his career with Arkansas State Parks as a seasonal interpreter at both Millwood State Park and Village Creek State Park before becoming a full-time interpreter at both Toltec Mounds Archaeological State Park and Crowley's Ridge State Park. KUAF is supported by Butterfield Trail Village, a premier Northwest Arkansas retirement community catering to active lifestyles and resident well-being, offering a variety of amenities including apartments, cottages, and village home living options information at butterfieldtrailvillage.org. Good Friday this is Ozarks at Large. Eureka Springs resident Donna Foster, an emergency room travel nurse, is also a seasoned frontline COVID-19 responder. As Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Frolock reports, she's going public about her experience to educate and warn anyone Who's willing to listen? Donna Foster,
5: a registered nurse, divides her time between Arkansas and select hospitals across the country as a licensed travel nurse. She spoke to us from North Carolina, where she was on assignment.
1: So that means that I take a contract from a different hospital anywhere in the United States that my license will work, or if I have a license for that state, and uh, I work for them for 13 weeks. So I work six 12-hour shifts on, and then I fly home for eight days. And then I do it all over again, just a repeated thing through 13 weeks.
5: For this report, Foster provided her professional resume an exhaustive list of travel assignments in emergency trauma units in a dozen states. She hired on as a travel nurse in 2016 after serving at Mercy Hospital in Berryville as a medical surgical ER nurse for six years. But since a global pandemic was declared in March 2019, she's also worked as a medical gatekeeper for critically ill COVID-19 patients showing up at emergency units.
1: Uh, generally, um, they're breathing very fast. That's anywhere above 20 respirations a minute. And uh, their oxygen saturation will be very low, but they'll still be able to talk to us in complete sentences. That's, uh, that is definitely a COVID marker. Right there. Um, Their lung sounds will be clear, although they'll have a pneumonia.
5: Early symptoms of COVID-19 include fever, chills, fatigue, body aches, loss of taste or smell, congestion. Progressed symptoms include persistent chest pressure or pain, inability to stay awake, confusion, and with late-stage SARS-CoV-2 infection, Smothering congestion soon develops, which can quickly lead to respiratory failure and death, even with treatment.
1: People are triaged, yes. And um, the place that I'm working now, they have a first nurse that sits out in the waiting room and watches everybody that has to wait for a bed. um, Just to make sure if there's any, um, if they begin to decline in condition, that we can get moving back very quickly
5: Over the past two years, Foster has served as a frontline COVID-19 emergency unit nurse at Baptist Health in Little Rock, South Florida Medical Center, but mostly at Holy Cross Hospital in Silver Spring, Maryland. I started out in um, Silver
1: Spring, Maryland at Holy Cross, which is an amazing hospital with amazing people. If I ever had to go through a disaster again, I wanted to be with those people. Exactly. It was probably a month after I got there that um, COVID hit. And from that point on, it was really sheer terror. Um, We didn't know what we were dealing with. Every disease process that we knew um, just kind of went out the window. And uh, we were terrified. And we would not have survived it if we didn't take care of each other.
5: Foster has witnessed children, adults, and elders die from COVID-19.
1: We uh, definitely all developed PTSD from this it's It's horrible to be in that kind of situation and see that many people die. I had four of my patients die in the first hour of my shift. It was um, And we thought that nobody had knew we were there. Nobody knew what we were going through.
5: Especially in the early days of the pandemic, Foster says during one nursing trip, medical staff were alerted that the Air Force was dispatching a salutary flyover.
1: Well, the Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds flew over our hospital, and when they saw us, they tipped onto their wings just to salute us. And we all broke down crying because we realized we somebody knew what we were going through.
5: Travel nurses were well compensated before the pandemic due to a chronic nursing shortage. But now are in high demand in Arkansas and around the country, reportedly with generous signing bonuses and hourly pay. Nurses are risking their lives every day, however, on the front lines. Foster caught the virus last September.
1: I did. I know the patient's face that gave it to me. I, I see his face every time. But I'm fully vaccinated. In fact, I was sick with COVID when they said that healthcare workers could now get a booster. It was very frustrating that I got through that entire first year without ever getting sick and then got COVID after I was fully vaccinated. How are you doing? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm doing fine. No, no ill effects. Got my smell and taste back. Everything's good.
5: Patients who are critically ill can be combative in hospital settings, an artifact of delirium, she says. So part of the job, but verbal abuse by hospitalized COVID-19 denialists is increasingly being reported. Being called a
1: liar. And we have that happen to us a lot. We don't, you know, we just don't engage it any longer. We have people that refuse to believe they're COVID positive.
5: At this juncture, Foster no longer bothers to ask COVID-19 sickened patients if they've been vaccinated, especially in conservative occupied hotspots.
1: In Florida, that was a big deal. They would just get furious with you if you told them they had COVID. Um, but, you know, we always had we always have security, and uh, I know how to hit my button when I need them.
5: According to data generated by the Kaiser Family Foundation, 13% of Americans flat out refused to get vaccinated. And according to U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, only 60% of Americans are fully vaccinated despite the continuing spread of infectious variants, most recently Delta and now Omicron. Arkansas ranks near the bottom with only 50% of the population fully vaccinated. And Foster has seen firsthand the worst case consequences of catching COVID-19.
1: I mean, they can be intubated very quickly. A COVID patient, especially back in the early part of it, uh, could drop on you in 15 minutes. You could turn your back and they could just, they could drop. And it was that fast that we had to make sure that things were ready. If we suspected, we'd have everything available right outside the door so that everybody could just rush in and take care of it. Um, The amount of time that they stayed on a ventilator was just basically an individual thing. Some stayed on the ventilator for, for months and came off of them. They would play George Harrison, Here Comes the Sun, overhead when somebody got discharged that had been on a ventilator with COVID-19 just to let us know if somebody made it.
5: Foster says while at Holy Cross Hospital in Silver Springs, she's had to abandon her ER duties on occasion to work as a COVID-19 critical care travel nurse. We kept a lot of the ventilated patients in our ER because our ICU was full. And
1: of course, we had large hospitals around us, Johns Hopkins, um, you name it, was in the area. And and they were as full as we were and could not take any of our criticals. So we had to learn to be ICU nurses when we're ER nurses, which is a little bit
5: of a jump. In early 2020, when everything shut down and everyone told to isolate, that's when nurses went way beyond the call of duty, Foster says.
1: of it was probably at the first of the pandemic when we did a lot of facetimes um, because families were just so shocked that they couldn't see their family member they were not allowed into the ER it was totally the whole hospital was closed off to anyone that was not a patient and had been tested um, to know what's going on Um, but I did facetime families so they could see their family member and sometimes it was good sometimes you know it was just to say goodbye
5: now, after almost two years since a global pandemic was declared, she says, nursing staff are less fearful because they know what to expect. Still, data show that up to 25 percent of COVID-19 infections are among healthcare care workers who, like Donna Foster, are clearly risking their lives to save lives. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jacqueline Froelich.
0: There are several vaccination clinics scheduled throughout January in our region. The Scott Family Museum in Bentonville is hosting one for anybody five and older tomorrow morning from 9 until noon. The shots are free, no insurance required, no social security number needed. Also, a list of vaccination locations at KUAF.com. You can click on the Find a COVID-19 Vaccination Clinic Near You tab. That is near the top of our page. Many clinics and pharmacies across the region and the state are also providing shots. Some requiring appointments. A list of many of those locations can be found at healthy.arkansas.gov. And still to come on today's show, if you're looking for new films this month, well, January is typically a slow movie month. But Courtney Lanning found a new one, American Siege with Bruce Willis. She says even if you haven't seen this movie, You have our conversation about it in 10 minutes on Ozarks at Large.
4: U of A geosciences professor Jill Marshall studies geomorphology. And one thing that interests her is how mountains become sediment.
5: One thing I study
6: is the mechanics of how trees, when they're inserted into rock near the surface of the earth, of how they damage that rock, open it up with cracks, and eventually turn it into disaggregated rock or sediment. Every day, that tree is tapping on the rock, and it turns out those little, little tiny taps, given enough time, can actually begin to change the porosity, how much void space there is in those rocks.
3: In the latest
4: Short Talks from the Hill, Marshall discusses a recent grant from the National Science Foundation that's allowing her and colleagues to study the effects of climate change on Arctic watersheds. Listen at KUAF.com or ArkansasResearch.UARC.edu, the home of research news at the University of Arkansas.
0: Forty National Guard members are being called to duty at nine hospitals in eight Arkansas cities at the request of the Arkansas Division of Emergency Management. Representing the 39th Infantry Brigade Command, six Guard members will be deployed to Mercy Northwest and Rogers. Another six will be at Washington Regional in Fayetteville. Bob Oldham, public affairs specialist with the Arkansas National Guard, says the Guardsmen will be assisting in whatever needs the hospitals may have.
3: They're basically going to be facilitating testing, uh, either doing the administrative piece before people actually have the test administered or in some cases maybe even help administer the test.
0: Oldham says the Guard representatives are supplied with personal protective equipment and are fully vaccinated. The personnel are helping as Arkansas experiences record numbers of new cases of COVID-19. And so that's the the impetus.
3: It all starts with uh, with the hospital administrators identifying their own needs. Uh, UAMS did that uh, a couple days ago, and we sent some folks to the University of Arkansas for Medical Science in Little Rock. And we've got about ten folks down there helping them as well. And uh, the governor authorized an additional 50 uh, uh, as needed. And so 40 of those 50 that he's authorized are now going on on orders uh, January 10th. And they will report January 11th to the the city uh, that they're going to. And they'll be on orders about 30 days.
0: Guardsmen and guardswomen will report for in-processing Monday at Camp Joseph T. Robinson in North Little Rock they'll report to their assigned hospitals Tuesday. While their initial orders are for 30 days, deployment may be extended or curtailed as conditions dictate. Hi, my name is Paul, your host for the Generic Blue Show, which airs every Friday night at 9 o'clock. Join me this Friday. I've got some live music from Lowell Folsom, Luther Johnson, also dug into the local artist archive, found some fabulous high tops and Leah and the Mojo doctors, Also, some more recent, Brickfields, Jesse Dean, Earl and Them, and more. Again, that's the Generic Blue Show every Friday night at 9 o'clock. We'll see you then. It's Friday, and that means it's our chance to get on the phone to Bella Vista and talk with Becca Martin-Brown, features editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Becca, welcome back.
6: Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year to you, too.
6: Did you go out and do anything for New Year's Eve?
0: Oh, heavens no. No, 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 no. I, I did what is perhaps, you know, people joke that, oh, I go to bed at 9.30 or 10. I did something that's probably even more, uh, you know, scandalous to those who enjoy New Year's Eve. I was awake at 11.45 and decided to go to bed. I, I couldn't make the last 15 minutes. How about you? My
6: partner came through at some point and said, I think that it's New Year's Eve in Nova Scotia. Happy New Year, and I'm going to
0: bed. Well, you know the the thing about living in the central time zone is you you can save till nine, and you've hit most of the New Year's Eve uh, deadlines across the globe. And if forty is the new sixty, then
6: <laughs> is that' right. Sixty is the new forty. Then nine is the new midnight.
0: There you go. There you go. All right. There are There's things to do stuff this weekend. What's going
6: on this weekend? Yeah. An officer and a gentleman is on at the Walton Arts Center.
0: I talked continues
6: with, through Sunday.
0: Yeah, I talked with David Wine, Wayne Britton, who who was a wonderful interview.
6: And I talked to Wes Williams, who's playing the lead. What a charming young man! And one of my new arts reporters, Monica Hooper, went to the show Tuesday night and said, "You know, musical theater is impressive enough." But it's twice as impressive when you're not only singing and dancing, you're doing burpees and climbing walls.
0: Exactly.
6: Showtime is 8 o'clock tonight, 2 and 8 o'clock tomorrow, and 2 on Sunday. And tickets start at $41. Also tonight at the Walton Art Center, there's a partnership between the Arts Center and the Fayetteville Film Festival to offer some international films highlighting diversity as part of the Mosaics programming. Exactly. And 7 o'clock tonight is Indie Film South Asia. That's $15, and you can get tickets at thewaltonartcenter.org. And do remember that you are going to need a mask inside the Walton Art Center. And if you've been missing your metal music, which I have, I know that may surprise some of you, but I am a metalhead. 13 Nothing is presenting a metal bite Saturday night at Nomad's Trailside. The headliner is Mudlong, which formed in 2013, and it includes former members of Dead Bird, Dead Eye Jack, and Dirt Mother, and it released its first self-titled album this time last year. Okay. And also performing are The Ocello Syndrome, The Weeping Gate, Held Tight, and TV Preacher.
0: What time does this begin?
6: Seven o'clock tomorrow night. Tickets are $5 at the door. It's an all-ages show, but you need your ID if you're old enough to drink. And then next Saturday night, the 15th, the Ozark Mountain Hoedown Music Theater in Eureka Springs, which would usually be dark because it's winter, right? Right. Is hosting some 35 performers for a preliminary audition for America's Got Talent.
0: That's the program that's on NBC television, correct?
6: Right. And Mike Nichols, who owns the hoedown, got an email from somebody from the show who said, hey, can you tell us some people we might want to try to get to audition in Northwest Arkansas? And he said, oh, I can do better than that. I have a 650-seat theater with nothing going on in it. I'll have you an audition.
0: So so uh, the, we know who is already going to perform. Is it an open call? How does this work?
6: It is an open call, but you need to get a hold of the hoedown. Mm-hmm. which you can do by calling 253-7725, or you can go online to the com, and there's a place for you to sign up. And tickets are $15 for adults for the show, which starts at 5 p.m. next Saturday, the 15th, for those of us who like to be home by 9.
0: Well, if you're going to have 35 acts, I mean, you got you can't start at 9.
6: <laughs> well, true. And then there's some things wrapping up that you might want to go catch. All right. The Selena Forever exhibit wraps up Monday at Crystal Bridges, mm-hmm. so catch that this weekend. The Gear Up the Science of Bikes wraps up Monday at the Scott Family Museum next door. Thrift Style wraps up the 19th at Rogers Historical Museum. This is a traveling exhibit about the reuse of feed sacks to make clothing and household items during the Great Depression.
0: And when does this wrap up?
6: Wraps up the 19th. Okay. And then Lost Highway, which is the coolest exhibit. It sculptures the mom-and-pop businesses that the interstate bypassed by an artist named David Malcolm Rose, and it wraps up the end of this month, the 30th, at the Fort Smith Regional Art Museum.
0: And that is free.
6: That is free. And if you're headed north... First of all, today it sounds way too cold to head north, but if you are, the Auschwitz Not Long Ago, Not Far Away exhibit at Kansas City's Union Station has been extended. It was supposed to close in January, and it's open through March 20th. Good to know. And that is a big deal international exhibit that I really hope to get to before it closes.
0: Well, now you have more time. Yeah. So that's all I know. All right. Well, that's plenty. Becca Martin-Brown, features editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. You can uh, find out what's going on every week through the paper, both digitally and on Sundays, delivered to your door.
6: And it's beautiful. We make a beautiful magazine, so you should see it. Becca,
0: I will talk to you next week. Thanks, Kyle. This is Ozarks at Large, and with me after a holiday break is Courtney Lanning, whose film criticism can often be found in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Courtney, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Kyle. Um, Our listeners won't hear it because we just spent (laughs) the previous eight minutes before we went on air (laughs) talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. Suffice to say, we were both pleased with that movie.
4: Very, 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 very pleased. yes.
0: <laughs> All right, you are reviewing a different kind of movie. It's called American Siege. It has Bruce Willis. What do we know about this film?
4: I think what we know about this film is that it's a January release <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's It's a middling action film, and it stars uh, an aging Bruce Willis who is probably just here to collect a million-dollar paycheck with as little effort
0: as possible. When you emailed me and said that the film we're going to talk about is American Siege, I told you it sent me down a rabbit hole. Bruce Willis has apparently been making these sorts of films for the last four or five years, about 20 of them. Right,
4: and, you know, you and I have discussed it's probably not a bad deal for him. He shows up, does his thing for a few weeks, collects a million dollars, and goes home. The budget for this movie was $10 million, and... I can only imagine about, you know, 10 to 20% of it went to Bruce Willis himself.
0: Yeah, and um, the, he goes home at the end of the day and has tuition money for his children, I suppose. Right. You know, I feel like Bruce Willis is becoming the new Steven Seagal
4: and more like 2010's Steven Seagal directed dvd movies rather than, you know, his long past under-siege days. You know, this is not John McClane. Right. This is not Fifth Element Bruce Willis. This is... You know, I'm tired. Let me say a few lines, collect my check and go home, Bruce Willis. All right. Is there a plot to American Siege? There is. Uh, Bruce Willis plays a corrupt sheriff in rural Georgia. Uh, and a, a group of people break into a pharmacist's house and take him hostage. Uh, and Bruce Willis, being the sheriff, has to deal with that hostage situation and try to figure out if everything is as it seems and what secrets the pharmacist is holding. And, you know, Bruce Willis has a kingpin-type boss, rural drug lord in Georgia. Uh, and it's just, it all just kind of unravels slowly. It's a surprisingly well-paced plot for this kind of movie. So you figure out, you know, what secrets everybody's hiding and, um, you know, who's going to die and who makes it out in the end.
0: You know, when you say middling action flick i mean there are times especially when the sun's going down at four thirty in the evening there are times that's okay with me turn off my brain and watch a few things blow up and you know that's fine i i think critically <laughs> uh, this movie wants to be
4: justified which is my favorite tv series of all time
0: timothy oliphant. Uh, but it
4: has with timothy oliphant yes on effects, um and you know he plays a, a deputy u.s marshal in Harlan County, Kentucky, dealing with all sorts of crime there, and this movie wants to be justified, but it has neither the charm nor the intelligence to be so. Uh, Bruce Willis is is not Timothy Olyphant; they are two very different people, as this movie shows. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you're right. If if you just want to sit down with a bucket of popcorn and a cold soda, this is not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's a far cry from a great movie, but it's not the worst. It's it sort of straddles the line between so bad it's good and that middling action flick I was telling you about. Sometimes the movie takes itself a little too seriously, and and other times I kind of wish the actors had really cheesed it up a bit more and and been a lot more overdramatic, like they were in like a a Stephen King leap or TV movie sort of thing. Right. But you know, at the end of the day, it's it's okay. It's it's not the worst. It's not the best.
0: And I know these are what used to be called direct to video. So I'm assuming that it's probably available to stream in our living rooms.
4: It will be available for, for purchase on demand online. Yes. But you know, it actually is coming to theater in some markets. I don't know if
0: Arkansas theaters will pick it up,
4: but yeah, it'll be available online Friday, same day it hits
0: theaters. And hello, this is kind of what we're in for, for the next five or six weeks. We mentioned Spider-Man, No Way From Home. It's dominating at the box office. Uh, I think there's, There's a a movie called Uncharted coming out. There's the 355 this week, but it's mostly under the radar stuff until February or so. Yeah. So the, the other big movie, big air quotes
4: coming out this week in theaters uh, and not streaming is the 355, which is Jessica Chastain's new uh, all woman spy thriller movie. Um, And that's, that's pretty much, like you said, what we're in for for a few weeks. January is already a pretty quiet month for movie releases anyway. But you add an Omicron surge on top of that, <laughs> right. and, uh, you know, things kind of skedaddle. Sony already had a, a comic book movie, speaking of Spider-Man, set for the end of the month called Morbius. Uh, and they just decided to eat that into the coming weeks. I think it's coming April 1st now
0: instead of January 28th. I think you're right. But you will have something for us to discuss next week. Yes, because while January tends to be a pretty
4: quiet month, uh, as you know, I am a very big anime fan, uh, and there's a new movie coming to theaters. They usually tend to bring them over to the Western markets Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year when things are quiet and they don't have to compete with Spider Man's and so forth. Uh, But there's a new movie out called Bell, and it will be in theaters next week, and I'll have a review of that for you.
0: All right, I can't promise you I will have seen American Siege by the time we talk next week. But, you know, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Uh, Courtney Lanning's review of American Siege can be found in Friday's Arkansas Democrat Gazette. You also made a top your top 10 list, which can be found online, I believe. Yes. At
4: ArkansasOnline.com, dot com, which is, of course, the, the newspaper's website. If you get on there and go to the movie section, you'll see my top 10 movies that I picked for
0: 2021. All right. Courtney Lanning, as always, thank you. Happy New Year. Good to talk to you again. We'll talk again next week. Sounds good, Kyle. Thanks for having me.
6: This week on the KUAF Vinyl Hour, we're kicking off the new year with a brand new show. My co-host, Cynthia McClellan, brings some of her favorite records to the studio to share some of her absolute favorite songs. Songs from some of the world's most famous artists that you may never have heard before songs that kick off celebrations, and songs that evoke childhood memories.
2: And it's a childhood memory for me, too. Like I told you, my mom's name is Onita. Oh, uh-huh. And so I guess she felt like she was somehow connected to Anita Baker. Anytime we said anything about Anita Baker, she had to throw herself in there. Uh, of course. And so she played her all the time. And it just, it feels
3: so good.
6: Anita Baker, Michael Jackson, Erica Badu, Kanye West, and more. All coming up this week on the KUAF Vinyl Hour, Saturday night at 5 o'clock on 91.3.
0: Talk Business and Politics reports Simmons Food will expand its plant in Van Buren and add 100 jobs in the process. If that job estimate is correct, the plant will then employ about 700 people by the end of the $100 million expansion. Jobless numbers across Arkansas are improving. The most recent monthly report, representing November of 2021, shows a jobless rate of just 1.5% in the northwest Arkansas metro. The Fort Smith metro jobless rate for November was 2.1%, lower than the 4.7% rate recorded in November 2020. All eight of Arkansas's metro areas saw decreases in jobless rates, when comparing November 2021 to the previous November. And the state's three largest metro areas, that's Northwest Arkansas, the Fort Smith Metro, and Central Arkansas, represented about 80% of the state's employment gains in year-to-year comparisons for November. We mentioned the Arkansas Razorback women's basketball loss at Vanderbilt last night earlier on our show. There were other area collegiate basketball games last night. The John Brown University men's team lost to Southwestern Christian last night in Salem Springs. That ends a three-game winning streak for the Eagles. They will next play at Mid-America Christian on Saturday afternoon. The JBU women's team had to forfeit last last night's game because of issues with COVID-19. Officially, it goes down as a 2-0 loss. According to the JBU Athletics website, the women's game Saturday at Mid-America Christian also canceled, as was last Monday's contest. The Sooner Athletic Conference this year is not allowing for games to be made up. That were lost to the pandemic. Both the University of Arkansas Fort Smith teams lost at Lubbock Christian last night. Both teams continue their road trip tomorrow with games in Portales, New Mexico against Eastern New Mexico. The Arkansas Razorback Gymnastics season is beginning tonight in Barnhill Arena with Ohio State, and they started at 15, 30 minutes later than originally scheduled. Arkansas starts the season ranked 10th in the College Gymnastics Association poll. Ohio State is rated 27th in the nation in that same poll. A former Northwest Arkansas Natural will be with the team this year as a coach. Christian Colon played with the Naturals in Springdale before beginning a six-year Major League Baseball career with three different teams. He's best remembered for delivering what proved to be the World Series clinching hit for the Kansas City Royals in Game 5 of the 2015 World Series. And the Arkansas Razorback baseball team will start the season ranked 9th in the preseason poll from Perfect Game. An earlier poll from Collegiate Baseball ranked the Razorbacks 20th. The 100th season of Arkansas baseball begins not that far away, February 18th, against Illinois State at Baumwalker Stadium in Fayetteville. Ozarks at Large is underwritten, in part, by the Walton Family Charitable Support Foundation. Earlier this week, officials at Northwest Arkansas Regional Airport revealed an updated branding strategy. The approach includes a modified logo, one featuring the airport's three-letter code, XNA, in lowercase, And in a design to match last year's branding from the Northwest Arkansas Council, NWA Life Works here. Blake Woolsey, a board member of XNA, says the new branding is important.
6: Our airport, in many cases, can be the very first impression somebody has of Northwest Arkansas, whether they're coming for business, whether they're coming for a job interview, whether they're coming as a visitor to come and see the sites. And we know how important that first impression can be because it can make or break whether somebody wants to return or whether somebody wants to take a job and move to Northwest Arkansas.
0: Nelson Peacock, the president and CEO of the Northwest Arkansas Council, says coordinating the NWA Life Works Here branding and the new airport branding is a key element to attracting new people to live and work in the region. The NWA LifeWorks Here branding is being used on billboards in Austin, Seattle, and other cities to recruit workforce to the region. We're a collection of communities each with their own uh, identities, uh, that's for sure. But collectively, they share a lot of commonalities when it comes to uh, quality of life, economic opportunity, inclusivity. And so to the rest of the nation, we want to tell a cohesive uh, story, and the brand identity helps us do that. And I think by XNA adopting it uh, and really helping us to uh, expand Uh, What Northwest Arkansas is all about through this brand identity is a great uh, step. Alex English, public relations and marketing specialist with XNA, says the new logos are already being used on social media and signage on screens, vehicles and throughout the airport will be rolled out throughout 2022.
3: In the background is the Wynton Marsalis Quintet, and I'm Robert Ginsberg, your host for Shades of Jazz. We'll hear more from Winton as well as Duke Ellington, Benny Green, Pat Martino, Lorraine Feather, and much more on this week's edition of Shades of Jazz, Friday and Saturday, right here on KUAF 91.3 FM, listener-supported national public radio.
0: Shades of Jazz tonight from 10 to midnight on KUAF 91.3, then tomorrow from 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. on KUAF 3. You can listen to KUAF 3 on your HD radio by asking your smart speaker to play KUAF3 and by tuning in through the KUAF app. For a week between traditional semesters, plenty of news from the University of Arkansas this week. Elena Allen, Associate Dean for Research and Faculty Development and Professor of Law, is the new interim dean of the University of Arkansas Law School. Her tenure began January 1st. A national search for a new permanent dean will begin later this year. Allen joined the U of A faculty last year and before that spent 10 years teaching family law. Health law electives towards and feminist jurisprudence at the Cecil C. Humphrey School of Law at the University of Memphis. She also served as co lead of the University of Memphis campus wide eradicating racism initiative. And the university is earning recognition for its online educational services. Newsweek's first ever survey of online students in higher education gave the University of Arkansas a five star rating and placed the university 11th nationally out of 150 schools. For online education. Texas Tech, Michigan State, and Purdue University had the three highest rankings in the report released earlier this week.
3: Now more than ever, great public radio is at your fingertips. But what if you didn't have to lift a finger to hear the public radio you love? Now you can with your smart speaker. Listen live or to KUAF podcast whenever you want. You can even hear our HD and online stations KUAF 2 and KUAF 3. Staying informed is just as simple as asking your smart speaker
0: to play KUAF. This is KUAF 91.3 Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Rogers, and Tahlequah. KUAF is a listener supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. Ozarks at Large is a production of KUAF. Timothy Dennis produced today's show from inside the Harold and Blanchcock News Studio. Contributors to the program this Friday included Jacqueline Froelich, who also provided us information and sound about the Arkansas National Guard, Michael Tilley with Talk Business and Politics, Becca Martin-Brown, the Features Editor with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and Courtney Lanning. Additional content for today's show came from the hardworking news people in the newsroom at KUAR, public radio for Central Arkansas and Little Rock. Our theme, The First Hurrah, is written and performed by Daryl Shawn. From the Carver Center for Public Radio, I'm Kyle Kellums. We'll be with you again Sunday morning at 9 for Weekend Ozarks at Large, and we will begin another week of new daily programs Monday at noon. Please be careful this weekend, stay well, and we'll talk again soon.